Amen, amen. All right, y'all, let's, uh, if y'all could stand to your feet for the reading of the Word of God. We're coming out of the book of Exodus, chapter 16. Um, it's, uh, we're going to read the first eight verses. It's going to be some reading, so bear with me. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord. Because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Today I want to talk about the dangers of complaining. I'll leave a pause there so those those that want to exit <laughs> go right out the back door. <laughs> uh, this is something, y'all, that God has been dealing with me on for the past at least year, if I if I'm be honest, is this issue of complaining. And it's 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 a big problem actually. It's a it's a natural thing. It's it's so innate to us. Something goes wrong, we're in an uncomfortable situation, we want to complain about it. We want to voice that thing. As a matter of fact, some of us, it might be me, it might be you, we're going to complain today. Today. Maybe when you, by the time you get to the car, something, something going to annoy you. You're going to get some kind of text that that that's throw you off. Uh, you're going to fall into the Pothole at the end, <laughs> at the end. something, so you something you're gonna complain about something. So, um, our son, our dear son Zaire, turned one in September, and we got him uh, this gift. It's this uh, like ball. It's got studs on it, and you press a button, and it vibrates across the floor. Right? Shantrice, was that for his? That was his birthday, right? We got him. Christmas, birthday, something like that. So, uh, so he loved it, right? He, you know, pressed the button. Like he grabbed it. He didn't let it vibrate across the floor. He grabbed it in his hands uh, and just held it like that. <laughs> so he loved this thing. He went crazy, right? Um, now, my wife, having the big heart that she does, she also got a gift for one of the boys that lived down the hall from us in our apartment complex who was going through some health challenges. So, we're just like, hey, we just want to bless him with a toy. Um, so she got him a toy as well. 
right? Similar in size. I think it played music or something. It didn't vibrate, but it was like similar in size, a little, a little bit, a shape rather, uh, but bigger in size. It was similar in shape, but bigger in size. Anyway, he went, he, he went crazy. He dropped his toy and started running for the other toy. And we were like, no, 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 you know, don't touch it. You know, trying to hold him back because he might have, he might grab something and break it or whatever, right? He went crazy. Y'all know what <laughs> kids have tantrum, tantrums? Uh, they do that. I think this is hilarious. I'm sorry, but they they do that thing. <laughs> they start that. They do that breathing. Like <laughs> he does this thing, right? We're trying to we're trying to uh, pray for us. We're trying to you know train him out of this, but he does this thing. Well, he just flail back, like with complete disregard to what's behind him. It's like. So like he'll get to he'll do the breathing thing like <laughs> and then he'll like <laughs> just no matter what's back there. Okay? And so that I actually was like, Zaire, you just preached a sermon to me. I think I think you just gave me a sermon idea. See, um <laughs> he he why did why did Zaire respond like that? It's because he saw something else he wanted. Uh, so he forgot about the gift that we had given him. So this reminded me uh, of this narrative, how the Israelites were, and actually how we can be. And I'm going to expound on that. If we go to verse uh, 16, or no, I'm sorry, verse 1, chapter 16. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Many of you are familiar with the story, but I don't want to assume that everybody has the same knowledge base, so I'm going to give you a little background of before this point. So the narrative takes place shortly after the Israelites were freed from slavery in Egypt. Probably familiar with the story. Israel was enslaved. 400 years, God empowers Moses to lead them out of Israel using a series of plagues, the 10th plague being the death of every firstborn in Israel. Pharaoh tells them to get out. Um, they, they come to the Red Sea, right? God performs the most uh, famous, well-known miracle in the Bible, the parting of the Red Sea, aside from the resurrection, like the, the biggest Old Testament miracle, um, and allows the Israelites to cross over. Now, what's less talked about is what happens immediately after that. So they cross into what's called the wilderness of Shur, okay? They went three days without water. Uh, they grumbled against Moses. They said, we need something to drink. They came to Marah, where the uh, water was bitter, and God made it sweet. He said, grab this branch, throw it in the water, make it sweet, right? So then they land in, the, uh, in a place called Elam which was a type of oasis, right? Had palm trees and water. So they stayed there for a short time, and they moved on to the wilderness of sin, where this takes place, chapter 16. The wilderness of sin, uh, not sin as in sin against God, but sin having to do with Sinai. And as you will probably know Mount Sinai 
is where what happened? Moses got the law. Exactly. Moses got the Ten Commandments. So this is where we're at here, just kind of in this in-between period. They just had this uh, a huge miracle happen, and it's like, now what? They're in this, in this little in-between period. Now notice, when the Israelites began to complain, this is huge. This is a little detail, but it's huge. Okay, it says, they set out from Elam, all the congregation of the people of Israel, came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. Notice when they began to, to grumble. It's the 15th day of the second month after they had left Egypt. Now, what's so special about the 15th? Why, why is that in there? It's because if you go back to Exodus chapter 12, they left, the Israelites left, the night of the 14th of the first month, which is when Passover was instituted. So Passover, you know, the 10th plague was the death of every firstborn. Those that had the blood of the sacrificial lamb on their doorpost, they were passed over. Okay? So it's going from that point, that's where the counter occurs, and that's why it's this 15th day of the second month after they left Egypt. Now, that's I, I read that initially. I'm like, oh, m- month and a half. Wow, that's that's short amount of time. It was actually a month, y'all. It's even shorter than I thought it was. The 14th of the first month to the 15th of the second month. So, in slavery, 400 years, right? It took them one month <laughs> to start complaining y'all like picture like okay picture this y'all I want to go to Canada right let's say I want to go to Canada okay let's go up to Lake Erie right we stand there on the shore of Lake Erie the water stands up right we walk through uh look this way at the filthy water standing up uh look look at this way toilet bowls in the water floating around right and we get over to Canada come the end of February, you're like, hey, can can God can, God can you come through for me on this? Can you really do what you, what you're about to do in my life? I'm going through a tough time, man. Just show me something. That's what that's what's going on here. They just received this huge miracle, and now they're griping, complaining. See, my son received his gift from us. Two seconds later, he forgot about it. As the Israelites, after 400 years of slavery, forgot about the miraculous deliverance God gave them after one month. That brings me to my first point, if we could have that. Look at this, point number one. Complaining robs you of your ability to see the miracles God has performed in your life. God will do the miraculous for us. He'll come through time and time again. But when we encounter the wilderness... When we start to feel that that uh, uh, uncomfortable place that we're in, we quickly forget what God has done. Now, grumbling that this passage speaks of, let's talk about that for a minute. It's just not one or two comments. Like, I'm hungry. I want something to eat. No, it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, that type of connotation. The word, actually, it has the connotation of living or lodging or staying, or dwelling. 
So it's a, what it is is a persistent, begrudging, negative state towards someone or something. That's what's encapsulated in that word. So what does that look like, church? Get up Monday. Oh, man, I got to deal with this again, man. This, man, this person is A, B, C, D. Get up Tuesday. Man, this job is, oh, oh, oh. I got to be here all day, deal with these people. Wednesday, man, these bills, man. I, I wasn't expecting this bill to come. What's going on, man? Thursday, man, I'm tired, man. I don't feel good. My foot hurt. <laughs> it's a persistent, a persistent state of 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 being dissatisfied, right? And voicing that dissatisfaction. I think of the example of marriage. Right when when two people get married, about to get married, I speak from experience. It's such an exciting time. You're like I'm entering a, new, a whole new phase of life, right? Um, and, and and the two are just so excited, just so excited to get married, so excited. And uh, kind of funny, like you know how people like they're in love, they're about to get married, they be whispering to each other, like we're about to take over the world. <laughs> it'd be just it'd be just stupid stuff. And then the person, the other person agree, like, yeah, we're about to take over the world. It's about to happen. And then when that, when the honeymoon phase is over, right? Man, I can't stare her. Leaving this cap off this toothpaste. So it, it's, it's, you have this tremendous blessing. You have this tremendous blessing, and then quickly forget. Verse 3. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now, when the Israelites left out of Egypt, the Bible says they left in haste. Okay, they took their dough before it was leavened, the Bible says. In other words, they had to get out of there. Pharaoh was like, after the 10th plague, he said, get, I'm not even waiting till daylight. Get your stuff and get out, right? So the Bible says he summoned Moses in the middle of the night, told them to to leave. So they had to leave with pretty much what they had, right? They they had, they may have had some food, some livestock, and they they hightailed it out of there, right? The circumstance they found themselves in immediately after their uh, crossing of the Red Sea, it caused them to exaggerate how good they thought they had it in Egypt. It's because Egypt had a diverse variety of food, fish, vegetables, right? You had that land by the Nile River. So Egypt was was a very, you had a large variety of options. But they were slaves. They had food, but they were slaves. Get this, one commentary I read said the starvation here was anticipated rather than experienced. I'm going to say that again. So the, the starvation was anticipated rather than experienced, right? See, 
they were not living through famine. They were, they, they, they were not dying off of malnutrition. They started to feel hungry. They thought they were going to die. They were not actually about to die. So what they were saying is essentially, yes, I know I'm not longer a slave, but this is hard. I'm hungry. I miss that good tasting food that I had. Point number two. When you complain about your circumstances, you are telling God that where you want to be is better than where he wants you to be. When we complain about what God, uh, where God has us, we're communicating a lack of trust. This was not, they were not in dire straits and about to starve. They were communicating a lack of trust over their uncomfortable situation that they were in. They anticipated, they anti- listen, they anticipated that God had actually brought them out there to kill them. After parting the Red Sea, they saw it with their own eyes. They walked through on dry land, and they got over in the wilderness of sin and said, oh, you, you, you're, you don't mean good for me. You're trying to kill me out here. I don't see any, hello, where's the food? Where's the meat? So if you're in an uncomfortable place right now, you got to ask yourself, is this where God wants me to be? Or, or, am, or, or do I want to be somewhere where he doesn't want me to be? So, for example, maybe instead of getting rid of that health issue, God wants to show you his sustaining power throughout that thing. Maybe instead of, this is a big one, instead of wishing for a better marriage or wishing to be single again, maybe ask yourself, what if God has you in the situation you're in? I'm not talking about abuse or adultery or anything like that. What if you're in the situation you're in, the trial that you're in, so he can display his grace and peace and forgiveness so you can learn how to forgive, uh, so you can have learn how he provides for you, right? How, how to uh, restore relationships. Maybe God is allowing that season of financial struggle to see where your heart is at. A lot of times we might say something, oh, what, man, what am I doing wrong? You might not be doing anything wrong. God wants to see where your heart is at. He wants to see what, what really has your heart. All right, verse four. Let's go. Let's go on. Then the Lord said to Moses, y'all following me? Is this good? Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. Look at the grace of God. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gathered daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us but against the Lord. God responded to the grumbling and complaining 
with grace. At the point where the Israelites are here, they had not yet been given the law. They had not yet been given the the ethics, the moral code for them to follow going forward as a nation. So God responded with grace and mercy. I'm going to go right into point number three. Complaining says, God, give me what I want. Grace says, I will give you exactly what you need. God did not meet the complaints of the Israelites with with anger, y'all, with wrath. It was met with grace and provision. If you read the rest of chapter 16, which I encourage you to do later, just read the rest of the chapter, you will see God delivered on his promise of quail in the evening and manna in the morning. So God was so strategic and specific in not only what he provides, but how he provides. See, the manna or the bread bread from heaven, it was specific. Get this, y'all. It was specific down to the person. So the Bible says that whoever gathered much according to their needs didn't have excess. Whoever gathered little according to their needs did not have lack. So God knows in each and every situation in this room exactly what you need, exactly what your portion is. And it was miraculous food. There's no explaining uh, uh, this manna through natural means so what happened is like the frost uh developed on the land and then when it dried up it became manna right god said go out gather enough for a day okay if you leave if you gather too much it's going to go bad the next day it's going to rot and have worms except every six days explain that so on the sixth day you gather enough for the sixth and the seventh day Save was for the seventh day, because I don't want you to go out and gather on the seventh day. But what is preserved for the seventh day, it will not go bad. Explain that. That's God's provision, y'all. God knows what he's, he's doing when he provides for you daily. Amen? So here's what tripped me out, though. Go back to, um, if we could... Go back to verse 3. It says, And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. Now, when we think about this passage as a whole, we think about the what? The manna, right? The bread from heaven. But did you know that God gave them meat as well? Guess who else, I, and I fell out of my chair when I, when, I, when I studied this, y'all. Guess who else ate quail? The ancient Egyptians. Meaning, God gave them not only what they needed, but he gave them a taste of what they wanted, what they were complaining about. Those meat pots that they left. The the uh, quail was considered one of the, one of the delicacies in ancient Egypt. It was part of their, their meat diet. So God was like, I'm going to give you quail too. He is so good. 
He is so good. God will, uh, uh, God, in his grace and mercy, he'll even give us a taste, y'all, of, of what we want in addition to what we need. Is My mind was blown. My mind was blown, y'all, just the provision of God in this passage. But I want to give you one final reason for why complaining is dangerous. And, and I think this is actually the most important reason, guys. I think this is actually the most important reason. If we could get that uh, picture. Can we turn the lights off? Is that possible? Or dim the lights? Where is it this one here? Okay. All right. So I got a picture up here. Whoop. Oh well. Okay. All right. So I want you to uh look at look at this. Look at this slide. Thank you. Thank you, Trace. Appreciate it. So what do you see there? This is not a trick question. Shout it out. Stars. Anything else you notice about those stars? Some are brighter. A lot of them. Okay. Good, good, good. Now I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain to you why I showed that in a minute. If y'all could uh, turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. We get that scripture up there. Okay, this is this is Paul 2, 14 and 15. It says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. The Greek here for grumbling is a, a, a secret displeasure, not openly avowed. In other words, it's kept among those who are complaining. So if you're focused on your, your circle, murmuring and complaining, you are not concerned with what's going on on the outside world. Paul here, he's exhorting believers to work together. The members of the Philippian church, they were divided amongst themselves over doctrinal issues, etc. And Paul was saying, listen, you are children of God as believers. This grumbling should not characterize you as it did your fathers in the wilderness. You should not characterize you. This brings me to my final point. Most tragic result of complaining, whether we realize it or not, put it up there. I'm just going to let you read it yourself, and then I'll. Ouch. Complaining causes the gospel to be a low priority in your life. The righteous are compared are compared in Jewish tradition to lights, more specifically heavenly bodies, luminaries, heavenly bodies. The book of Daniel says those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. In the picture of the stars, you notice the light, right? Why did nobody say dark? There was a lot of dark in that picture. It's because the light stands out, catches your attention. It reveals what is hidden, right? It illuminates and reveals things as they actually are. So if we expect to be effective in holding out the word of life, as Paul says, we need to shine, right? We need to let that shine 
if we're in our circle complaining, focus on what is what is uncomfortable, right? We're not focused on the things of God. We're just not. Can I just be honest? I just be honest. And like I'm preaching to myself like this is to me. Right. You going through the day to day. You're struggling. You got a rough week. Uh, 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 you know, stuff in marriage is stressful. Stuff with your kids. Stuff at the job. Uh, you got health stuff going on. You got financial stuff going on. I'm not thinking about going out and sharing Christ. Can I just be real? That it becomes such a low priority in your life because I I want to be comfortable. Now, Paul, many of you know, he was writing this from where? Prison. Great. Right. We all know that. But why was he in prison? The gospel. The gospel. That'd be like that'd be like uh, police coming in here now, taking me away and arresting me for preaching this. Put me in jail. Right. And then I reach out to y'all and I say, hey, hey, guys, you don't complain. I, that wouldn't be me. I'd, I'd be like, pray for my swift release. That's I'm just that would be me. That would be me. Paul was in the most uncomfortable position you can be in. But he was telling believers, don't complain. So Paul said, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and facing hunger, having abundance and having need. So how does that apply? We need to know the secret church of being in any and every circumstance, whether it's good health, whether it's poor health, whether it's good marriage, okay marriage, great marriage, no marriage, failed marriage, good job, bad job, no job, a lot of money, a little money, no money, overdrafted account. We can face any and every situation through Christ who gives us strength. He will empower us to hold out the word of life. So we can be, like, like Paul says, likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. He wasn't complaining about how he was in jail, how he was in pain, or how his circumstances were less than ideal. He was like, look, you have the word of life. Can we give God some praise that you have the word? He has counted you worthy. Of sharing the word of life. Maybe God, you know, we, we'll do different, we'll, we'll be in these, uh, uh, we just get in this tunnel vision, like uh, something will be inconvenient, and we'll, you'll walk right past somebody who needs a word of encouragement. Because you're in your little, uh, 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 your little world, your own little turmoil, whatever's going on. But I believe that God wants us to focus on this and really take this guys and really examine um and I would even say today just examine when you leave here what comes out of your mouth you will be astonished god has been dealing with me on this man it's like <laughs> how how many things you say actually edify right you're just talking about what stuff that is nagging you and stuff that you're going through is not helpful to the church is not helpful to the advancement of the gospel. 
Amen. So let's let us uh, let us remember this and take this uh, with us. And uh, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray, y'all, because it's a hard one. Father, thank you, um, Lord, for your grace and your mercy, your provision that you give us exactly what we need, Father. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that you will give us a renewed focus to shine in this crooked and depraved generation. Lord, to shine like stars in the universe. Um, I pray right now for everyone in here, Lord God, that uh, that your word would be implanted in, in, in our hearts. Lord, and I pray that you would help us through our various challenges, Lord God. This, this message does not in any way minimize what we're going through, uh, Lord, but I pray that we will be able to fight through, Lord. Some of us in this room have very real... Uh, and very serious trials that we're going through, Lord, right now. I just pray for your spirit right now, Father, that your spirit would rest on them, give them a peace which surpasses all understanding, Lord, and just allow us to be focused. Lord, will you, will you help us, Lord? Will you shift our focus to what it should be, not on the annoyances and the trials of everyday life, Lord. Will you help us to care about the things that you care about, Lord? Be with us, Lord. And I do want to ask for your forgiveness. Lord, as I stand here, I am just as guilty as as anyone else in this room of complaining, Lord. I'm just as guilty. I'm not going to pretend, Lord, It's been a big problem for me, and I just ask your forgiveness, Lord, and that you would cleanse us and have mercy on us, Lord. Lord, we give your name the honor, the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.